The following is an actual play Dungeons and Dragons podcast featuring a bunch of nerds stuck in their homes across the country. Listener discretion is advised. We don't know what the hell they're going to come up with next. This is Call of the Deep. Hello to all my guys, gals, and non-binary pals of audio podcast land, and welcome to another episode of Call of the Deep, a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition actual play podcast. I am your lovely Dungeon Master, Mikey. You can follow me on my personal social medias at PopCultureGeek, but you can also follow us collectively here at the D&D Vibe Tribe Productions, where we have a lot going on so make sure to give us a like and follow to stay up to date on everything we got going on lots of actual play podcasts lots of regular pop culture podcasts it's a great time for all as always i can never do this alone without my cast of amazing players so we're gonna go around and do some introductions real quick they can plug their socials and any projects they got going on and then we will get into the episode proper uh, my name's Josh. I'm only joshing you on Twitch and TikTok. I play Theron Hammerstone. He's a dwarven ranger who's traveling some to find good stories to tell his grandkids. All right, next person on the chopping block to give themselves an introduction is the one and only JC. Hi, I'm JC Vanguard. I am playing Tidek. I'm a dragonborn fighter sorcerer. I have a couple of social medias. You can find me on TikTok as JC Vanguard. Next person to give themselves a good old introduction is the one and only JVL. Hi, uh, this is John Van Luling. I am playing Hugh Man Being, the uh, Simic Hybrid Druid of the group. Next person joining us tonight is Amador. Hello, I'm Amador, your favorite uh, normal guy in a cast full of talented people. Um, today I will be playing your lovely goblin, your favorite bite risk. That's pretty much it. All right. Next person to get their introduction is our other Josh Preacher. <laughs> hello. Hello, everyone. I am MG Preacher. You can follow me at MG Preacher on TikTok and MG Preacher Mark 2 on Instagram. But as our paladin, Order of the Cross and Shield. I did not realize we had uh, a paladin that was also an automaton. <laughs> and then, of course, ladies and gentlemen, last but certainly not least, we have a new player joining this cavalcade of crazies Ooh. here. <laughs> But as I mentioned, we have a new player joining us, and I'm going to let him introduce himself. So, uh, Wes, the floor is yours. Hi, I'm Wes. Uh, you might be able to hear me on Knights of Pain Town playing Mac. And I am playing the character who uh, I'm not going to name yet because 
he hasn't been brought into the story yet, so that'd be unfair. With introductions out of the way, let's begin proper with a quick recap. So last time we found our intrepid band of heroes, you guys made your way out of the wreck of the Gold Crown after surviving your first boss fight, which is a feat in itself. And you guys, after having some nice moments on the shore, kind of resting up, getting your bearings, you guys made your way back to Fiskerback, which when you get got there, you We're had a con- quick back. Yeah. <laughs> you had a conversation with Jarl Frostgale. You completed what he asked you to do. And in celebration, you guys had a party where you party hardied, ate your fill and uh, other debauchery <laughs> that you could possibly imagine. However, while this was all going on, our Azamar Paladin, Dedic found that little penguin boy Prince was nowhere to be found. So upon following him and after having a nice little conversation on the beach, then it came face to face with one of the uh, basically a minor god who revealed that Prince is her child. But for Dedek not to say anything and to also give him a book when he gets the chance. Upon finishing this conversation, Dedek went back to join the rest of the party where they partied into the evening. So that is where we find ourselves. The sun is coming over up on the horizon. Just the scenery around the keep is very comical as bodies are sprawled all over with just half drunken people either asleep, just barely getting their bearings together and walking home after a night of good party times. And then we also find that our party has uh, may or may not have enjoyed themselves a little bit. I want people to describe exactly where they are at, if they are sleeping in their bed, or if they ended up somewhere else completely different after a wild night. I'm going to start with Tidek. So Tidek, what happened last night? Uh, Tidek wakes up in kind of like a groggy moment, bent over a barrel, arm up on another one, fucking mead pouring out of, uh, pouring out of a mug that was left in front of him. He goes, oh, oh that was fun. Ooh, mead. <laughs> you just come back to drinking damn. Hey, Fedin, what happened to you last night? So in the midst of all of the celebrating, Ferrin rarely gets to enjoy this. He's used to being the one who's serving at these events. So at the start, he started to get a little bit carried away. He's a bit drunken now, but the habit of being the one ready to throw people out if they start too much stopped him from getting entirely trashed, unlike some in the party. So while he's got a bit of a hangover and needs some of the hair of the dog that bit him, he's on the whole doing all right. He just wakes up, looking around. Oh, that's right. I don't have to clean this. I don't have to fix breakfast this morning. And he's finding a mug somewhere. He has cast a spell already. And if anybody needs them, there are. Yep, there's eight good berries. (laughs) 
So if anybody needs a good berry to start their morning off, get a little bit of healing going to purge some of the poison, or just to get over a fight you may have gotten into, it's there. Hugh, what happened last night? Oh, what didn't happen for Hugh last night? Let's see here. Well, mostly, you know, he he uh he never usually partakes incredibly heartily, but was encouraged to by our our wonderful ranger who also doesn't party that hard. So he kind of hung out with him. There's if he remembers correctly, there were a couple times of wild shape happening of random sea creatures, but people that wanted to see them. Uh Hugh wakes up in a tidal pool down off the uh, adjacent place, basically like the King's Grotto, the Jarl's Grotto, where he would go for a private swim. Hugh is definitely like waking up half covered in water and seaweed and weirdly feel is right next to him and he doesn't know what happened or why both of them are there, but they're both clothed. They're just covered in water and seaweed. And uh, he's just just looking for his mask. It's ripped to shreds. He's going to have to make a new one. So, Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. You were still wearing the mask. Oops. Yep. We'll say for the sake of it, Fula has not waken up, so there's just a random third person waking up next to you. What's up, toots? Exactly. <laughs> I don't know how we ended up in the Yaz bunghole, but it is beautiful down here. Just smoking a cigarette. <laughs> you know that'll kill you, right? Eh, maybe. But man, last night was worth it, though. I, I'll take your word for it. I... No, I had fun, but I don't remember much of it. I rolled very low on my constitution save. <laughs> Corvus, what had happened last night? Well, you see, I wasn't too drunk. Uh, I know m- my limit, and I woke up extremely groggy, kind of pissed, angrily making scrambled eggs. A little bit of the bottom is burnt kind of like in a robe holding a cup of coffee and cigarette in mouth as I just stir the pot and fuck with the eggs, hoping no one comes into the kitchen. I was going to say, this is like, as soon as this is going on, just like one of like the random like party guests just walks in. Ooh, what smells good in here? He looks at, he looks up at them, stepping stool and all looks at him. Get the fuck out. Oh, Not today. Not today. Uh-huh. No one. Here's a bowl. Scoops <laughs> up like half made eggs. Not even aware of what's going on at this point. Just here you go. The way you describe my grandma is amazing. That is literally exactly it. As this poor party guest just looks at it, uh, thank you, and just like confusedly turns around and walks with the bowl. God, so ungrateful. Damn, someone's in a mood. <laughs> And then, of course, last but certainly not least, we know what happened prior to it, but, uh, Derek, what happened last night after you came back to the party? This should be good. Well, for most of the time, Darak just sat there uh, by the water, just contemplating on all these things that happened in such a short amount of time. But after returning back to the Arles, keep he does what anybody would do when celebrating eat too much drink a little too much and wake up groggy as hell as well that's really weird seeing an asmar wake up 
in a pissy mood. Ooh, this should be good. And so all of you collectively, you manage to reconvene into the main dining hall area of the keep. And as all of you <laughs> walk in, you each just in complete silence, just look at each other. Some still have some dried mead kind of just pursed up underneath their mouth. Others look like they haven't slept too much. Somebody is in a very oversized row with their coffee cup. <laughs> but you all just silently look at each other, just nod, find your way to the table and just collectively just collapse. <laughs> in the meantime, oh, while this is all going on, Prince comes stumbling in, holding his head. It's like, Ugh, I had too much last night. And just looks at you guys and without saying anything. Just waddles on over. Sits next to Hugh and just collapses on the table as well. It's just like what happened last night. I give him a good whack with my little like the, the manta ray fin that I have that slaps him with a little bit of wetness and just wake him back, wake him back up. So to rewind a little bit as Prince is walking in. So Pr Prince is what is known in this world as a uh, penguin croaker, which is a bird person, but more associated with a penguin. So Prince is wearing a not really much uh, top, but he's wearing kind of like your typical baggy cargo shorts with a little blue sash wrapped around his waist. He's wearing a giant kind of pirate captain's hat with the feather sticking out of it. He also has a little conch shell necklace kind of going on about and his little backpack who's also wearing glasses <laughs> and as he walks in and collapses on the table and gets uh, manta slapped as we're calling it by Hugh. He just turns to Hugh and just says it was a hell of a night. <sighs> And as you guys are all just sitting there, the good old Yad Frostgale just comes walking in, not looking any like actually looking pretty decent. And all of you at some point vaguely remember trying to like watching him just go all out as well. But he seems to be doing pretty OK. Looks like uh, we have a couple of lightweights, don't we? I'm not a lightweight. I'm about one fourth of your size. <laughs> Not my fault. Not my fault. Genetics. It's genetics. Angrily sips his coffee. <sighs> I only just. I wasn't expecting you lot to be as crazy as you were last night, but boy, did you prove me wrong. And it was a nice, pleasant surprise in doing so. Did you have a good time last night? <laughs> Honestly, I don't know if anyone out of us knows. I just got my arms folded, just laying my face down on the table. I just raise up and just hold a thumb up. I will say you have a very beautiful bunghole. Why, thank you. I believe you said that multiple times last night, too. I must I confess again, it is a, a wonderful place to dip your toes in and just really get a feel for the area. Oh, yeah, it's really nice and serene. It's... Very pleasurable. As promised, as he kind of over his shoulder nods for one of his kind of uh, other mates to kind of walk over. 
This individual comes has a giant, pretty decently sized kind of haversack, kind of wrapped up, tied up with a string, and just plops it in front of all of you. And as this bag hits the table, all of you already know, you know the distinct sound of some good old-fashioned coins jingling when it hits the table. As promised to you all for completing this investigation, I promised you there would be a reward. It's not much, but uh, I thank you for your service and for what you have done. And in addition, bringing back some of the missing folks from Fiskerback. And as you guys open this haversack, all of you on your own inventory sheets, you guys now have each earned 100 gold of each. So each of you gets 100 gold. You're like, get that cash money. Like getting your uh, income tax. (laughs) (laughs) Worth it. I've got a lot of gold now. Oh, don't worry. (laughs) We're going to spend it. (laughs) Spend it. Gonna spend it. I have 800 gold. Oh, because you won the fight. (laughs) He did. (laughs) I think you're buying a keep somewhere now. So yeah, so each of you guys get that reward. Obviously, that perks some of you up. <laughs> and the Yarl Froskale continues is now. You are forever welcomed here in Fiskeback, and should you need my help down the line, just send a letter, and I would be more than happy to accommodate you in any way that we are able to. I believe you have King Redax waiting for you upon your return to Gunderland. Mm, I guess he's not as bad as I thought he was, especially if he sent you lot to, if you are capable of handling even the craziest things, it seems. By the way, does your, as he kind of collectively with his hand, do the universal sign for a collective group, do you all happen to have a adventuring name? I only ask because should people ask, I want to we tell are them. Known as the Smoldering Shield. Scorch Shield. Smoldering <laughs> Scorched Shields. Of, of smart. It's Ooh. the Scorched Shield, yes. We have, luckily, Tidek drew us a flag that we can now put on our, our armada. It's beautiful. Although we'll we even hang it up on the refrigerator. <laughs> I am sad we don't have our shipbuilder anymore, though, who was mending all the ships we found. (laughs) Hmm. A shipbuilder, you say? Yes, he was disguised as a dwarven cleric, but he was quite handy with his hands. He knew the ins and outs. Hmm. I think I might have someone to help you out in that endeavor. Is he also hot? I mean, beautiful. Remind you of a very, very well dressed, gently feeling person who obviously loves his gods, but also would be up for a good time. I think so. Uh, and actually, I think if you hurry enough, he should be arriving back in Gunderland, uh, as we speak now. Don't you mean Tydeckville? I think he just bought the town. He might have all the money. But I do have a, I do have someone, I have a ship, right? I know of one, but he's back in Gunderland, and I think you should probably seek him out. And by the time you get there, he should be coming back in port anyways. 
when you get back to town, uh, as he hands, funny enough, he hands you, Hugh, a piece of paper. Um, That's automatically wet in my hands. <laughs> of course. He usually likes to hang out back at the Dragon Turtle Inn, so you should probably make that your first stop when you get back into town. I will be sure that we uh, stop by there. I know that that our, 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 our lovely uh, ranger back here has some unfinished business there he needs to take care of. The business was not unfinished on my end. True, but you don't want to leave a proprietor in the lurch, if you know what I mean. You, it's you. I always know what you mean. Good. I'm glad I'm not too obsequious. You're a few <sighs> decades too young for that lad. Indeed. <laughs> so yeah, so as wet as the paper is now, um, <laughs> you you have a folded piece of paper that uh, the good old Yaddle gave you, so you can hold on to that. I'll put it in my pouch. I won't even look at it. Cool, cool. Alrighty. Corvus, did you make breakfast? Did you make enough breakfast for everybody or just what you could find? Only if they asked nicely. Did y'all ask him nicely? <laughs> no. Theron was eating leftovers from last night. Damn, yeah, Corvus. I, I, I I'd make I enough for like pale. one more person. Because I was like, I would imagine he's like half thoughtful, but not there. I, I feasted on the kelp that I was wrapped in this morning. It was delicious. So, yeah, as you kind of, Corvus, pushed this half-baked meal of eggs and whatnot, Fila just takes it without any question, and she just begins to eat it as she's just silently playing what she can piece together the night before of what exactly happened. And she just looks at Hugh and just shakes her head before going back to eating <laughs> I completely understand. I, I too, have no idea what that was. We'll talk about it later. As she continues we, to just slowly spoon the eggs into her mouth. All we have no reason to talk if you don't want to. Well, we'll find some time to do so. Okay. <laughs> Alrighty. So with that little adventure over. The good old Yaddle helps you guys get your stuff together. And, uh... Well, it's full service here. The Yarrow packs our own bags for us. I didn't realize that. <laughs> I do well, want to I make one uh, quick clarification from a moment ago, Mikey. Mm hmm The bag containing the gold, you called it a haversack. Is it the magical item haversack? Or is it just a haversack-shaped bag? A haversack shaped bag. Okay. Damn it! Th th that is a very important clarification to make, especially at this level. That is true. Yaddle has all your things kind of packed up. And as you guys <laughs> groggily grab your guys' stuff, you guys begin making your way towards your trip back to Gunderlin. But as you exit the town... A very stark difference of how you guys were viewed coming into town and how you're leaving it is a breath of fresh air for most of you. Before, you felt the cold and dark atmosphere of a town that was experiencing 
a tragedy and was on edge given everything that has been going on. But as you guys leave, you can feel the warmth and appreciation from the townsfolk as you are beginning to make your way out. And as you walk that long road where all the rundown shacks and inns are, you get to see in the eyes of these townsfolk, you see a glimmer of hope and a glimmer of appreciation, especially for the ones that you guys rescued <laughs> from the wreck. And that feeling kind of sits in the center of your guys's being as you guys take one final look behind you with the adventures of possibly some of your guys's biggest first challenge and turn back and begin heading towards the, your three day trip back to Gunderland. So for the sake of brevity, you guys are about two days in and you guys end up back in the same field area that you guys found yourself in after the first night of travel. But uh, as you guys make camp for the night, who wants to take first watch for the evening? Okay, so Hugh's going to take it and Fedden's going to take it. Okay, so we'll say that you guys are on first watch. So while everybody else is getting ready to sleep a little bit, uh, the two of you take first watch. So, yeah, the floor is yours. A good march, lads, a good march. Settle down. If you haven't had your berry yet, go ahead and have it. I know we had a good meal, but no sense in not having a good night's rest as well. I do advise, though, if you do eat it, just be careful to eat right before you go to sleep. You might experience that it's a bit of acid reflux from it. It is quite filling. You do make them good, but they're quite spicy. I don't know what you do to them. Personal secret. I hear it's a family recipe from your end. It is an old spell, an old family spell that has been passed down. My grandfather taught it to me before he handed me the inn. I taught it to my granddaughter before I gave her and her new husband the inn. You never know when you have somebody who might need a good bearing. True. It's very true. Those are wise words. But I meant to do, I still meant to ask you, I have never understood why you gave up the inn if it was such a, a treasured family place of your, for your family. What drove you into our waiting arms on that island? And Ferren kind of looks off in the distance. He stops moving and shifts his weight from foot to foot as he's trying to figure out how to put this into words. My wife died about 50 oh. years ago. I'm so sorry. I know it sounds like a long time for the shorter-lived races, you humans and such, but it'd be about the same as if one of your wives died about eight months ago, in terms of how we dwarves mourn. I'm quite And aware. my granddaughter was old enough to begin running things. She had her own first one on the way. She'd just gotten married about two decades before. Mm. So I passed it along with the promise that I'd come back and after a few years of journeying with some good stories under my belt, become a fixture of the place, just with her running it. So you would become 
the old storyteller in the corner that people buy drinks for as you sit there? <laughs> they wouldn't have to buy drinks. I'm pretty sure my granddaughter would keep me well supplied. Uh, uh, but course, that, that is the general idea. It's the principle of the thing. You basically become an old man bard in your old age. <laughs> yes. There are some dwarves who can easily live to be 14, 1500 years old. Yes, so they don't have lives. They don't go I have a movie. very, very long list of grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and so forth to tell stories to. They don't want to hear about that one time I made a great omelette for somebody who happened to be a really good merchant. That was a nobleman in disguise. Well, if you tell it correctly, it can be a story for the ages. Only for the first dozen times they hear it. Well, that does make sense when there is a major change in your life and you feel there needs to be something to fill it. You always seek out adventure, prosperity, anything that you can to have the void not consume you. I do still miss her dearly, but dearly, but uh, the journeying has helped some thus far. Helping others is always a honorable thing to do. True, but how can you help others when you ca if you do not help yourself? Take it from someone who tried very hard to and went the wrong path. If you are this not feels involved, like the moment you spin up that your deity is, has the best path to go on. I could go that range there, but you are much too wise for me to try to lead down that path by your nose. I'd rather you make that choice yourself to walk the path, and I can be there to have a lovely conversation and story as we go. Uh, fond of you to leave my nose out of it. Figures. He says as he tugs one of the braids of his moustache. <laughs> With that being said, it looks like the lads are bedding down for the night. Which end of camp do you want? If I had my druthers, the one facing where the sea is the most but that's my own preference. I can yeah. stare into an abyss for very long times. And I'll watch the other side. Sounds Check good. in on the hour. Or even sooner, if you'd like. If you have stories you'd like to share. I'm always an open ear or four. He paused at the or four and just nods. Picks his axe up and does a quick circuit of the perimeter of their camp for the evening, making sure that he knows where p trouble might come from. In that case, then, Fedin, go ahead and give me a... Well, I'll let you choose. I will let you choose perception or investigation as you're doing this quick walk around to see if you can spot trouble. It is the same roll either way because it's plus five to either. Ooh. And that will be a 24 total. Damn, we're starting off strong. Fedin, as you walk around the camp and make sure to see that all your bases are covered, make sure that you guys aren't caught off guard. So everything looks copacetic. Everything is good to... There's not really much in a sense of where anyone could hide and try to ambush you. And even in the few kind of spots where you feel that there could be something there, you're able to kind of kind of be able to kind of stamp it out quickly and cover it up enough where that spot wouldn't be used. So as you make your way back to camp, 
you essentially come to the conclusion that even if someone wanted to, there's not really any way they can get to you guys, even ambush you due to your thoroughness. He posts up by the fire with his back to it, so he's warm for the evening and watches the stars, watches the forest line. If Hugh is sitting close by, he'll have a few stories about the time his granddaughter tried to steal a cookie and replace it with a mud pie. Classic. I still want to hear about this omelette for a merchant that was mediocrely quite rich. It seems like a real hoot. Ah. Nobleman is one of those terms amongst the humans of the mountains where I come from that is vague. I would call it bullshit. So, somebody did something nice for somebody who happened to work for a king. And as a result, that person got a title. And their son got a title as well. Blackmail. I love it. The son didn't know that he had a title yet. And hadn't had a chance to go back and get his ring. Being as the king of this human nation and the king of the dwarven nation where I, my uh, tavern was, were allies, they had sent a message on in case this lad happened to come back. He was trading spice, going to the sea for salt, and then up into the plains for chicory and... Uh, what is that one? Uh, coffee. Ah. Never heard of it. I haven't either. It's a bit strong, but all good drinks are. And the merchant was trying to hide the fact that he was recently made a nobleman. Now, keep in mind, he didn't have nobleman's clothes. He didn't have a signet ring. So when he came in on a midsummer day, Wrapped in a heavy cloak, wearing leather gloves that go almost to his elbow, a scarf around his face, and a giant hat that in the right wind could have flapped away like a bird on its own. I was curious. My little one was only 75 at the time, so I didn't want him to get into trouble. So I sent him out round back to tend the horses for this mysterious person who was a merchant, was trying to hide recent nobility that no one knew about, and he himself had no proof of, hmm. except for the letter sitting in my very own safe box. Intrigue. It's early, everything is beginning, breakfast is about to be served, and he asks for a meal before he gets back on the road, because he's in a hurry. But it is... Around brunch hours, correct? A little bit earlier. It had been a slow morning at the tavern. This Most is like full... of the businesses in the evenings. So this is the full breakfast time when not many people are actually in the tavern? Aye. Wow. Uh, dwarven miners start out very, very early in the morning. They drink, <laughs> and about the time they would drop, they grab their pickaxes and stumble back to the mine. Interesting. So, so this was definitely breakfast time. I wonder what this meal you could have cooked for would be. 
uh, mushroom omelet. What? I did not see that twist coming. Well, we had eggs. Yes. Mushrooms are a dwarven staple of all sorts. Ah. So he's eating his mushroom omelet, and I happen to ask a few questions, trying to make sure it's okay for my lad to come back in with this strangely veiled man. And he was so poor disguising himself, he uses his own true name. At that point, the jig was up, but I felt like having some fun with him. And suddenly made, oh, I heard about you. And he, of course, begins to sweat heavily under his heavy cloak and hat. Almost chokes on a bit of mushroom. You have to give an old man a little bit of leniency. I had too much fun with the lad. Before I finally revealed that I had his letter of note in my lockbox. Upstairs, waiting for him, because a letter had been sent out. So you made the poor lad sweat in order to really, truly earn his way into higher society. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to get many more chances. Uh, humans, I've noticed, that become elevated in status, uh, their heads seem to swell a bit. To be completely honest, their heads were already swollen. They just continue to swell. Uh, that is not wrong. That is not wrong. It is not. But that was a good story. You tell a very good yarn. Oh, I appreciate I see, it. I can see why your, your granddaughter wants you back so desperately with some new stories. Perhaps we can write you one here. Perhaps. Hugh pulls out a flask he's kept hidden, takes a swig, and passes it over. Apple brandy. Hugh sniffs at it and... Interesting. I'll One of you. the few comforts I allow myself on the road. I'll tell you a secret. Mm. This is the same exact odor that you get at the deepest part of the ocean when you truly let yourself float. It's bizarre. It, it, it's exactly the same. Mm. And I'll take your word on that. He takes a swig, passes it back. Claps Aww. it back and tucks it back in his vest where it can't be seen. Sneaky, sneaky. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm going to get up and do a circuit now like, like he did just to do my own thing and kind of take the night air in and like do my part. Okay. Fedden was very thorough when he did his walk around. So Hugh, as you walk around, you just take in the night air. Nothing is out of the ordinary. And as you make your way back, the two of you kind of just... Take on the rest of First Watch before it is time to switch off. So, I will say for this one, uh, Corvus, you and Tidak uh, begin to stir a little bit as you kind of wake up to kind of relieve Hugh and Fedden of their duties a little bit. Watch change, lads. Look alive. I just got up, though. Gives himself a little slap on the face. Hugh rings out just a little bit of, like, the water in one of the pieces of paper and, like, drips it on his head to wake him up, too. Mm. Why does this smell funky? It's been inside my pouch. Oh, be careful. That's how you get mold. 
Or some sort of sexually transmitted disease. It depends on the pouch. Yeah. Also depends on who's carrying it. He kind of shoots up. All right. Well, I'll go. I'll go find my place to lie down for the evening and give my uh, my my final meditation of the eating before I fall asleep. Rolls up my bedroll so he doesn't lay in mine. I wouldn't go near Tidak. I'm, I'm okay. I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going to the edge of the camp away from everyone else. Kind of like propping myself up in a little ditch next to a tree. I just don't want it to be wet. You, I have learned my lesson on our travels. Uh, I, I, get, I don't get near people's bedrolls because I, I literally, it's like I wet the bed every night, but it's, I wet everything, so. It'll only be moist at best. That's why they uh, call them wet dreams for a reason, boys. Oh wet my gosh. For a reason. <laughs> Except the problem is my entire existence is wet. So yeah, so as Fedden and Hugh kind of get themselves situated before drifting off to dreamland. Yeah. Tidak and uh, Corvus, you have second watch. Just the two of us, my shiny little lizard friend. You can make it if you try. Tidak looks at Corvus like hardly in the eyes, like staring him down. He just reaches behind him and grabs his glaive. The one that he always works with. Oh, Tydak, you're so romantic when you look me in the eyes like that. Pulls out his giant sword and holds it in front of Corvus. Oh, Tydak, put that away. There's children here, you know? Sits down, pulls out his oil kit and starts working on his his blade again. Uh, So uh, I'd like a little redemption from this morning. Care for a snack? No, I'm good. Thank you. Hmm, he wants a it. snack. So, tie deck. Uh, yes, friend? My little friend? Friend? Should I refer to you as friend? Have we gotten yes. that close yet? I mean, I nearly killed you in one episode, so yeah, I think we're fine. Great times, honestly. I don't remember it after that. Most people say that after experiences like that. Anyways. Well, you guys did gang up on me, tie me up, and tie me to a floating fish. You liked it, though. So I didn't like puking everywhere. Thank you. You always puke everywhere. You guys keep taking me on things that move. What do you mean? Oh, let's go on a boat. Oh, let's tie to a fish. Okay, so if... Okay, let's take, take three seconds. Three seconds here. Kind of... Corvus kind of rolls up his sleeves a bit. If you throw up on a boat and when you're you're swimming, why don't you throw up when you fly? Because I can control myself. I don't have any control over someone tugging me by a fish or the ship rocking with the waves. it's, It's me. Like, Would you get sick of yourself and throw up because of yourself? Sometimes in the morning I scare myself, but that's neither here nor there. Most importantly, most importantly, more important than my own little goblin ugly face is, how are you feeling? Are you okay? I mean, with everything that's going on, I'm not mentally okay, but I'm fine. I'm healed for the most part. So what are you going to do when you get to the end of the journey what what 
What? You mean what are you? Those bitches that used to control my life and carve the fucking gems out of my skin. Well, yeah, but I'm. I I guess you could say more. So, what are you gonna do after it? Find all the camps that they had. Made sure all the slaves are free and return to some semblance of peace and home that they had, so they couldn't have. They don't have to live the life I had to live through. Any further. Sounds pretty, pretty straightforward. What about you? What's your goals after this? Uh, of course, getting my taste back. But after that, gonna go home, cook a mean ass meal, get my place as the tribe leader, and I don't know, maybe die of old age, have a couple kids, call it a day. Do you think we'll ever find the ones that cursed your tongue? Oh. Oh. We'll find them. And when we do, I will take their toes. Please don't tell me you're going to put that in the stew and serve it to us. Then don't eat whatever I give you after that. Okay, fair enough. No toe stew from you. Got it. Did I tell him he had toe stew last season? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> So, as the two of you finish up your lovely discussion about toast stew, you guys finish up your watch for the night. At this point, <laughs> you tag pretty much everyone else that's left. So, Prince and Fila and Dedek decide to take third watch. So, as the two of you drift off to Dreamland and third watch continues, Morning comes over, the sun rising, and as you guys wake up, pack up your things, and you guys make your way back to Gunderland. So it takes about a couple of hours to get from where you guys camped, but as you are coming around the bend, you can, from the distance, see the hustle and bustle of the port city of Gunderland. As if it's never changed when you left a couple days ago. You still see ships parked in the harbor with others going in and out. You can see the citizens kind of going about their day from the distance. And as you guys make your way back into town, once again, you guys find yourself just taking a look around and just admiring just the daily lives of what could have possibly been a lot crazier things had you not succeeded back in Fiskerback. And as you walk into town for a little bit, you guys find yourself back in front of the Dragon Turtle Inn and Tavern. So as you guys are out the entrance, you hear a loud voice coming from inside. All right, all right, hold your horses. Steps out, just like can't believe these. As I can't believe these guests, it's like it's getting ridiculous. <sighs> they know party. during festival season we're quite busy. I oughta shove the. Oh, well, hello then. Welcome back. Uh, and in front of you, nothing has really changed. One half of the twins, Rhea, standing in front of you. Ah, welcome back. Glad you didn't die. Kind of looks over to you, Fetid. 
and just gives you a nod. <laughs> Looks over the rest of you. Nods back and is clearly glad it's this twin that has come out to greet us. Do you want me to get my sister for you? I know she's been worried about you so sickly since she left. I'll meet her soon enough, I'm sure. <laughs> Alrighty. Yeah, she's been worried so sickly. She's been worried about you, but I think she will be glad to know that she will be back. I'll tell her later. She's kind of uh, out and about a little bit. Can I get you guys uh And before she could finish any saying it, from behind her, inside the tavern, you just hear a ruckus go on. There is the clattering of utensils and sounds of cups just breaking and just an expression of mild annoyance and a slight vendetta for rage. It just says, I'm glad you guys are back. I need you to come in with me just to make sure I have proper witnesses for what's about to happen. So follow me, please. As Do you she... need a hand with that, lass? No, I don't think I need a hand, but uh, I'll explain once we get inside. And she promptly begins to walk inside, and I'm assuming you guys will follow her in. And so as you walk in with Rhea, you see that the... Dragon Turtle Inn is a lot more packed than when you were a couple days ago. In addition to that, you notice that the decor has changed because now there's a bunch of paper, like banners hanging around the tavern all over the place, depicting different kind of symbols and in different colors. But more importantly, you see a rowdy group of individuals kind of uh, crowding around what seems to be a humanoid figure, but as they are kind of pushing and pulling their way through, they all get knocked back with relative ease. Wes, do you want to introduce yourself as to what the party sees in front of them? They see a, uh, a guy with gray skin, um, like ram's horns coming off the side of his head. He's about six foot two, six four with the horns. The left horn is snapped off halfway down. Uh, his eyes are distinctly glowing, and one is each one's glowing a different color. Got a tail, just wearing typical sailor clothes, covered in tattoos, and he's just causing just a little bit of mayhem. Just, 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 just a little, just a little. Not, not too happy about what's going on, though. I know that. Yeah, you're not the only one. So. Just for the party, you see all this kind of going on and you just see <laughs> you just see Rhea from behind the um, the bar. Just pull out this very large like wound of us kind of musket and just fires it in the air, just completely getting the whole place silent. All right. Amano, you can stay, because this ain't your fault, but the rest of you, get out before I decide to turn old Bessie on you. As she points the gun, <laughs> as she points the musket at these individuals, kind of beating up Amano. And without a single thought, they book it out of the tavern. She places it back. She just looks at the rest of you and says, Apologies, but I needed witnesses in case I needed to shoot some people. So, uh, it didn't come to that, but 
thank you for uh, agreeing to come inside. Baron <sighs> looks up at the ceiling at the scorch mark. You know, it helps if you load more than powder in it, lass. I'm only telling you this because I like you and you took care of the bar that one morning. But this is really for show. I'm not really trying to kill people with this thing. and It's not my thing. There are more effective ways to do it. But of course. Bad for business if you kill like patrons. Well, at least on purpose anyways. But when you have half plastered drunkards come in and out, they don't know the difference, so it's usually a good deterrent. But I appreciate it anyways. <sighs> Sorry, you have to forgive me for my uh, short fuse right now. It's uh, getting kind of busy around here, especially now. Oh, yeah, big time. But the rush is going to begin very shortly, so. Which reminds me. As she kind of, from her apron, pulls out a little pamphlet. When you guys get a chance, you should go to the... You should go to the marketplace. It's been converted into our uh, annual Celestia Festival. So, uh, you should check it out. And kind of just hands you fed in the little leaflet. And with that, she kind of just nods and says, Right, well, you're free to stay here for a little bit, but... Uh, we'll have to throw you out in about eh, 10 or 15 minutes or so to get prepared for all of the foreign guests that we have coming. Can't really stand the hoity-toity ties, but you know what? I ain't gonna complain because it's more coin for us. So, And if I see my sister, I'll let her know that you have come back, but mm, don't worry about it. I'm gonna keep her busy. So you should be fine as she winks at you. He inclines his head and Asks for a mug of good cider to get ready for the day. Mm, really quickly, makes the cider, hands it to you. Really just... quickly, drinks the cider. <laughs> While they're having this conversation, I'm walking around to every table, every part of the bar, everything else, and just putting down pamphlets, knowing there's foreigners <laughs> coming. Pamphlets are going out. <laughs> Bria doesn't think, blink twice about it. She's just like, uh, all right, whatever. <laughs> So as you guys are uh, in the inn, Prince is going to walk up from behind, still following along, uh, just walking through the door. Uh, I'm so tired, but I'm so glad to be back. And as he looks at everything, he looks at you. He go looks up at the scorch mark, and he looks at you, Amino, and Prince is just like. Oh, I didn't know you were back, Amino. Long time no see. How you doing there, you penguin? Fuck you. How are you? Eh, doing more or less better. Uh, just fighting off this hangover a little bit. Wait, how long? Wait, you're hungover. I've never seen you drink before. Well, I mean... Oh. <laughs> just I didn't realize I'd... he'd be drunk three days later. <laughs> well, you, you drank three days ago and you're still fucking drunk. Listen, the anatomy of a penguin cocra is very, very different. Amino, you know this. I don't know anatomy. It's not part of my, you know, skill set, if you will. I mean, I guess it's true. You weren't always necessarily the brightest in terms of that, but Fuck off. pretty good. <laughs> you know you love me. 
Right. Uh, but what brings you back? Didn't you have a ship like building assignment that you were working on or something like that? I can't remember. Yeah, no, I did. I did. And then I had to come back here. This this place is I don't know. Like every time I walk through the market, I hear some lady going, hello, you need this? And it drives me completely batshit crazy. I can't stand it. What do you need? What What, what brings you guys here? Well, we just made our way back from Fiskerback, and uh, it's a long story, but let's just say things got interesting. There was a bit of danger involved, and uh, we've made it our way back in one piece. Actually, now that I think about it, hey, you, do you still have that paper that the Jarl gave us? What paper? I have lots of paper. The one he told us to give to a shipwright. Perhaps I have to check through my pouch. It may be a second here as I'm putting out my, the rest of my pamphlets. I'll be with you in a moment. Uh, not again. <laughs> the good old Yarl told us to find a shipwright that would be coming back in. I'm gonna assume that's you. Once Hugh hurries uh, up with the here it is, here it is. Sorry, <laughs> it in the bottom, and he he puts it in Prince's hand, and it is wetter than any piece of paper he's given to Prince yet, because it was in the bottom of the bag. Ew. And kind of just. <laughs> Why is this paper wet? He was already back off, putting stuff off again. He's not around, so. It's best you don't ask, lad. It's best you don't ask. As best as he could to get the paper like dry as much as he could, it's still damp. It will not he, get any drier, no matter what you try to do. He slowly hands it to you, Amino. Sorry about that. That's you of Dagon. Uh, so, what would the proper term be, please? I am Hugh. He's very oh. passionate about his religion. It's not a religion. I love that all of you believe that this is some sort of deific thing that I am bringing to you. No, I am merely a channel for the natural order of things, for the ocean itself, and though and the person that is in charge of said ocean. There's there's no deity here. There's no gods. It is not a religious fanaticism. Although the cult of Dagon might have you believe so, it is not. I think you two will get along. You go on about Dagon. I gotta go shopping. I love you guys, but pats you on the wet shoulder and kind of walks away. Enjoy your shiny things, shiny man. I do like my shiny thing. You do. So, Prince gives you the paper, Amino, and says, Yeah, minus that. He's a bit of a weird one, but I think. If I remember correctly, I think you two will get along properly because don't you follow some sort of deity, god, whatever you subscribe to? You could say that in loose terms, yeah. Follow a deity of sorts. An old one, if you will. You want to get technical about it. Oh, another. Or the same. You said Dagon, right? I did. Well, I've ever told. Have you ever heard the great word and uh, about our Lord and Destroyer Cthulhu? Asking for a friend. I'm the friend, in case he was wondering. I, I, that was quite clear. And yes, I, I have heard tale of the sleeping one, the one who will not rise until prompted. Nah, he Again, does have a sleeping problem. I think he sleep apnea, if you will. But you know, he's all right. It's hard to breathe when you are surrounded by the sea. And tentacles, 
I'm assuming they have something to do with it too, to be honest with you. It's interesting to meet someone who believes in, or at least supports something that is being kept at bay by the force involved that I am attached to. It's very interesting to meet one out in the open. I thought you all had run away to a different place to kind of keep yourselves secluded until the time of the awakening. Nah. I've got better things to do than hide away. But until that time, have you thought about your life in the future? And he hands him the child's version of the pamphlet of uh, Get to Know Dagon. Uh, I mean, Amino grabs it, looks at it, and goes, It's well, also it's got wet. A mice. It's also wet. I assume, but it's got a, it's got a mice? Yes, and I, I have uh, four different color crayons if you'd like to use them. Uh, of course I do. There's no okay. way around it. Of course I do. He pulls them out, hands them to him. They're in a very wet cardboard box that has not been opened yet because no one has asked for these crayons once. Uh, and Amino Akid is completely colorblind, so he is just... I, I don't know. Okay, let's do it. Let's just do it. Let's go for go, it. And he just sits down on the table, starts following the maze, going through the paper as he tries to follow it because it's so wet. The crayons are making marks on the wood below. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so as this is all going down, and you guys are kind of just sitting for a little bit because you did walk a couple hours back into town. At the front of the tavern, the door just swings open. And in comes a couple of armed uh, guards. And following right behind them is someone all of you are familiar with at this point. Coming in, dressed in a little more casual as a kind of king it can be when he takes a stroll through town. Walks in King Red Axe. And says, ah, good. Uh, I'm glad to have see that uh, you made it back in one piece. But uh, I have something I need to discuss with you. So if you wouldn't mind, uh, have a seat. Should we wait for our, our, our companion to come back? He just ran to the market to go and spend a load of money increasing your economic prowess. I'll have Fila catch him up later as she kind of just gives a salute to King Red Axe. But uh, yes, uh, anyways, I have something to discuss with you. I was wondering if you could do me a favor. Are, are you waiting for us to answer, or are you going to ask what the favor is? I'm, I'm confused. Oh, it's a bit of a weird request, but I need your assistance again. Would you mind uh, testing out a couple of our games for the festival you want to ask an adventuring party that just saved your neighbor's bacon at your request to test out carnival games for you again i know it's a weird request but with everyone else busy getting ready i need all the bodies i can <laughs> and since you have proven to be uh Capable bunch. I know it sounds a weird request, but I would be forever grateful if you could do this. What does the gratitude of a king get us that we cannot find in other places? Well, if you would like, I see that you have acquired a ship on your way in. 
I know of. Well, and he turns and looks at you. Oh, hello, Amino. It's uh, been quite a while. How you been? I've been uh, living the dream. What? Damn it, what you need. <laughs> That's a great pun. Good job on that one. Perfect, since you're here. I don't know if you know this, but Amino here is a hell of a shipwright. And if you help me with this favor, I can get him to work with my personal shipwright and could kind of uh, bruce up your little ship and upgrade it, if you will, free of charge. Did you just pimp me out? To be fair, you're, he's the second person to pimp you out, because if you read that letter, I'm pretty sure the Jarl also said that you're basically beholden to us to build us a ship as well, so now you're on the hook for two ships. I don't know I how you got into this mess. I don't know how you got into this, but apparently you're being forced to basically sling wood twice for us that can float. Like I said, I am the bottom bitch. No way around yeah. it. So yeah. I guess I'm doing this. Maybe. Is there anyone else here who would like to answer the king if they would like to put themselves up to be the uh, ridicule of the town for tr figuring out if festival games can actually be played by the general populace? What manner of games will we be testing for you, your liege? I just want to make sure that they're all copacetic and good to go. Simple tests, kind of card games. I believe there's one of the kingdoms have was brought in their version of horse racing, but with some odd cr lizard creatures, I don't know. And also a lot of the merchants have begun setting up, so you can also check out their wares before anyone else gets their hands on them. But there's one other thing. We're, this year we're having something... I don't even know how to explain it myself, but... You'll see when you get there, but one of the kingdoms, well, one of the newer established kingdom is showing off their new magical apparatus or such. I don't know. Could we perhaps get a royal discount at the merchants for since you are the host kingdom and we are assisting you? Of course, I'll let the merchants know. Well, I don't see a problem with it. Uh... One quick question. What size were these lizard creatures? If I saw the box correctly, they're about yay big. They could fit in the palm of your hand, but uh, ah, they're very interesting For a moment, looking. I was excited and thinking riding geckos were in town. We were supposed to get them, but at last minute, uh, the usual person that brought them had to back out last minute. I wonder if someone could cast enlarge on them and make them the size of riding geckos. Doubtful. Uh, how does the group vote? Uh, would you like to assist the king in playing games, or would you perhaps just enjoy to explore your city, or in the case of Amino, be forced into manual labor to build two ships? I'm still oh, figuring out what the me. lizards are for. Uh, for you, you ever I'm seen a greyhound race? What's a greyhound? I, I assume, Corvus, if you do not know, then probably if you went along, you could find out what they're for. I guess. Fine. Okay, you got me. I will assume we are all going to go on this, then. You're correct. Yes. Then we are going to assist you, King Redex, in uh, what you have asked us of it. But uh, 
you know, just be a, a, alarmed at if we all get injured for some reason in these games. I would forever be grateful, but uh, yeah, I will have Fila direct you to where we're going to go since we're all in agreement, and uh, I will catch you a little bit later as I make my rounds to make sure everything's good to go before our guests arrive. So, Fila, if you wouldn't mind. So, all of you guys make your way out of the tavern, except for you, Amino. Amino, as you kind of come to the realization that you've been pimped out by two different people to this party, you feel the temperature begin to drop a little bit, and it gets a little chilly. But again, this is a sensation that you're all too used to because for the little bit for the last couple of days or so, you find yourself in the similar position where you feel a chill go down your spine. And initially, at first, you didn't know exactly what it was. But as you paid this cold sensation and notice, you come to an understanding that there's someone else involved. And you've gotten to know the someone else involved a little bit. So, Amino, as you are left alone in the tavern before heading out with the rest of the party, you kind of just mutter to yourself. Is there anything in particular you say to response to being pimped out twice? No, there's just times in one man's life when uh, you realize that you got into the wrong fucking line of work. Go figure on islands and in shipwrights. And then the chill goes the chill goes down the spine. Yep. And from behind you, you hear the all too familiar voice of a very, very familiar Cajun accented individual. Well now, Cher. Seems we've both been gaslighted. Again, why do you keep calling me Cher? Why? Oh Cher, you know why I call you that. I call everybody share. Is it because you believe in life after love? Is that why? Hey. I was corporeal right now. I would freeze your ass. All right. You weren't this much of a pain when we were on that one ship. True, true. Age has caused me to become more of a pain in the ass. No way around it. Well, hopefully the hemorrhoids are better, because I know mine are. You're also kind of not really there, so your hemorrhoids are kind of gaseous to begin with. Ah, well, you know how they is. They always like to talk shit. They do. No way around it, they do. Aye. So, um, when you're going to fix this? When I eventually get another spell slot that I can use to remove curse. Well, at least you're the only one that's actually listened. It's because I don't have a choice. He just came right in the end. It's not like I can, you know, swipe you away. Sometimes the wind blows me. Hopefully I can uh, get back on it then, Cher. Well, figure out something. Somehow, some way, we'll get you into a physical form so you can, you know, bother someone else here and there, too. Well, that'll just be a gas now, won't it? Seriously, anyone else you want to bother while we're here? It's be, you know, nice. Don't you know some of these people? Anyway. I I do. Hugh's good. We, we, we have good times. All right. Fair enough. So, should I follow them out there or just stay in here? I recommend you go with them, Mencha. All right, then. And he just goes and falls 
out you know after them and still has a gaseous like coming behind him is just head down. Excellent. And so you follow the rest of the party and you guys may start making your way over to the uh, converted marketplace so where everything's going to be for this fair. But that, ladies and gentlemen, those, those of you who stuck with us, that is the end of this particular episode. When we pick up next time, we will continue with our, well, I guess we could call it now, we will continue with the Scorch Shields uh, progress as they continue to explore this fairground. Remember, everyone, take care of each other, love one another, and as always, let the good times roll. Until next episode, see you later. This has been the Call of the Deep podcast. To support us, please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your auditory escapism in podcast form. And while you're there, leave us a five-star review. Even our intrepid characters are no match for the insidious algorithm, especially without your ability to cast aid on our stats. The music in this episode was Prepare for War, by Alexander Macarada. You can find all his music at serpentsoundstudios.com. Tune in next time for more hijinks from the darkest depths of the sea on the call of the deep.